this this quote is I think sums up the whole thing. Um, when a couple contacts a bakery for wedding cake, the product they're seeking is a cake celebrating their wedding, not a cake celebrating heterosexual weddings or same-sex weddings. Right. And that is the surface. The service, Craig and Mullins, the two individuals involved, were denied. But there are nuances of the law that I am not smart enough to get into, nor do I have that education that other people have looked through. But again, I, I still agree. They, I still think they came down to the wrong decision. Welcome to episode 96 of Pub Theology Live, a weekly conversation on life and faith over a craft brewed pint, a fine wine, or whatever happens to be in your glass. You can catch new episodes weekly as the Reverends Shannon Meacham, Ogan Holder, and yours truly, Brian Burkoff, address and engage what's happening through a theological lens and, of course, with a good brew in hand. One of those good brews might be a glass of wine from Wink Wine Club. That's W-I-N-C. And did we do a visual wink? Come on, guys. What happened? Sorry, oh, there you go. All right. We definitely got to do that at Wild Goose. Wink features superbly crafted wines delivered right to your door if your state allows. You can get $20 off your first order and other savings by going to trywink.com slash ptlive. Even better if you want to just try it out. You can get three bottles on us. Leave a voicemail at 980-PT-LIVE-0. That's 980-785-4830. Or shoot us an email, info at pubtheology.com. Send questions, queries, comments, dissents, anything. And Wink will send you three bottles on us. You just have to pay tax and shipping. And we'll draw a winner every month. No voicemails this week. I actually checked before the show this time. (laughs) Yay me professional as always uh so hopefully we get some calls or some now, emails. So new month ready to go that's right did we get anything last month i don't well, remember well we're giving it away at wild goose oh since nobody called in to take the wine other now, than a butt dial other than a butt dial who we can't you know um we're we're gonna bring it to wild goose to you so um look for that there you go and speaking of we exactly. are going to be at Wild Goose um, Festival, which is July 12th through 15th in Hot Springs, North Carolina, for our 100th episode. Um, it is entitled, it is, time, is It Time to Go Beyond Faith? Finding Life and Meaning in These Dark Times. The Wild Goose is a gathering of progressive spiritual thought leaders, artists, activists, centered on spirit, justice, music, and art. If you have not bought tickets to Wild Goose, do so today. You get 25% off for listening to um, our podcast, wildgoosefestival.org, and use the code GOOSECAST18, all caps. And if you're not clear what that topic is, it time to go beyond faith is really speaking about. Um, yeah, we don't either. We don't <laughs> figure it out there just along with you. So we all be be in this boat together. Exactly. <laughs> The mystery shall be solved. It sounded like a really good topic. And we were like, yeah, let's go with that. That sounds awesome. That sounds like something we'd listen to. So, yeah. 
No, I, I, yeah, I think it's going to be good, actually. I think it's going to be a really interesting conversation. Yeah, for sure. Whatever it is. Whatever, Whatever it is. Whatever it is. And, of course, you can always join our conversation on Twitter or Facebook using hashtag PTLive. And today we discuss uh, what's been in the news this week, the Supreme Court ruling that went in favor of a Colorado baker who was famously sanctioned for refusing to bake a cake for a same-sex wedding. And we discuss some of the reactions to this decision, what kind of cake Jesus would bake and for who or whom, and whether this opens the door to more forms of discrimination and whatever clearly, else we decide to talk about. Clearly, this is how you know I didn't, I didn't read this really well ahead of time because when you said, what kind of cake would Jesus make? Like, that was a good video moment of my face going, what? <laughs> really? <laughs> what? That's, okay, Ogan, that's Brian just throwing something fun right. in there that we probably won't actually talk about. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, now you got me thinking. This is It really would have, like, almonds in it. It would <laughs> be an almond cake. <laughs> with olive frosting. It would be a cake that once you bit into it, suddenly became wine-flavored. Mm. Wow. Wow. Well, you, right. so you can already see we're off the rails. So what are we, what are we drinking to help, uh, help this conversation go today? <laughs> to help with the rails. Um, I'm, I'm experimenting with from Riverwalk Brewing Company. Um, it's called Unveiled. It is a pale ale brewed with hibiscus flowers and pink peppercorns. What oh. could possibly go wrong? Yum. <laughs> All I was right. going to say, that sounds delicious. Sounds great. All right. A subtle tart finish that I will long for. Mm. Oh my gosh. Oh, see, I, I don't like that. tart. But, you know, we'll see. I, I we'll love see. tart. Subtle. I love peppercorns. I love hibiscus. Mm. We'll, we'll see how it goes. That's what, that's what I got. Um, I am drinking one of my go-tos. It is an RAR, uh, which is a local brew um, here in Maryland. A Grove City Hefeweizen. Nice. So yeah, I, like, I, I like these cans because they have little, like, Loch Ness monsters on them. Oh, swimming dinosaurs! Yeah, they're amazing. I don't know. Swimming That's just their thing. Excellent. Drink, Brian. And I, I got my drink- tulip glass because all of our other glasses are dirty. <laughs> <laughs> I am drinking a uh, folded mountain pale ale. It's an American pale ale for the budget-conscious beer drinker. <laughs> Courtesy of my local Aldi's. We're getting an Aldi. I'm really excited. Yeah. But we can't sell liquor in the stores. And it, Oh, see what? I know. You know so we don't get Trader Joe's wine. We don't get like, we don't get any of that. I so. love, you know what? I, I when love. North, when I'm in North Carolina, I'll pick some up. <laughs> there you go. I love the genius. Whoever the genius was that revamped Aldi's. Because remember back in the day, Aldi's, I don't know if you all knew this. Aldi's was like the, the budget of budget grocery stores. Like... It was like all the all the cheap, right. off-brand food stuff. Yeah, you found at all these, and now like aren't they all like all organic or all? Now it's like hipster natural flavors. Exactly. No aren't they owned? Who are they owned? By? They're owned by like Trader Joe's or something. They're owned by the brothers of the... Trader Joe's. Okay, it's the same yeah. family but different owners. Uh, gotcha, gotcha. So yeah, yeah. kudos, kudos to them for that. That's but I, I think we all just like all of us grew up and then we figured out how m- expensive groceries were and then we all right. made and so we made all these popular. 
Right. Yeah, and I remember going to Aldi's like, you know, 12, 15 years ago when I was in seminary. And it was kind of, I hate to say it, but kind of dumpy and didn't look like they kept things up. And um, yeah, and now I go Ours to Aldi kind of and it's like... Part of- bad part of town right like now now it's like hipster vibe you know the new facade is brick and it's clean and it's and still pretty good prices so anyway yep (laughs) i don't know what you all listeners do with all that but there it is (laughs) gave you a little more than you wanted (laughs) right like whatever (laughs) i think they're debating what why do we keep listening to the show right they're like wait a second what Anyway, so we've, we've asked so our does, does Aldi sell cake? Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> we've asked our followers uh, on Facebook and Twitter, what is your favorite kind of cake? And we'll ask you that same question. Uh, do either of you have a favorite so, cake? I like cake, but it's not my, like, I pie better, right? So it's not my favorite dessert category. Right. Um, but I like carrot cake the best, I have to admit. That's my favorite. The call. Yeah, it you're a good. carrot cake guy. I am a carrot cake fanatic. Love I mean, cheese icing, delicious. Mm. I actually, I, like, I would say, like, oh, it's not my favorite, but I wouldn't pass up cake. But like, I actually passed up cake today because as it was store bought, you know, whatever. Ew, I was like, man, I'm good. <laughs> yes, carrot cake. That's a good call. And I, I like it with the walnuts, though. I'll admit it. No, I like the walnuts. I, I like the walnuts too. Some people don't. Yeah, I don't need the. I don't need the. I absolutely do not like the walnuts in my carrot cake. Between Sorry. between walnuts that are good, good and healthy for you, and carrots in there. I mean, you're practically eating a vegetable. I'm, I mean, it's vegetables and protein. How can you go wrong? How and can it's you go dairy wrong? with the cream cheese and the cream cheese frosting? So good. Like regular, like regular cake, like sugar frosting almost makes me ill. Like I don't like it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um. I, I, number one, carrot cake. Absolutely. Number two, cheesecake. Yeah. That counts, right? Which isn't cake, it's pie. <laughs> Ooh, it's got no, cake no, in no, the name, not, though. So, it's it's exactly still pie. Cake in the name. <laughs> you, and I'm talking, I'm talking like. Like you know, you're, you're. I'm talking like the cheesecake that takes like seven hours to make. You know, the one you do you it in the water bath, and then you cool it in the oven. You, you know, you put the oven, turn the oven off, and sit it. And then you open the oven door. It's got to cool slowly. Yeah. And and my all time like top top three desserts: carrot cake cheesecake from the Cheesecake Factory. That's so the Cheesecake Factory has this 40th anniversary cheesecake, Ooh. which is cheesecake and chocolate cake. But mm. like the most delicious chocolate cake you've ever had in these layers, it is sinfully delicious. I don't like Yum. chocolate cake. I'll say. See, I, I like a good, I'm going to use this word that my husband hates, moist chocolate cake. Like yeah. really good. I mean, I don't like, listen, dry cake is for the birds, period. That's like, right. I, I don't I like agree. coffee cake or like anything that's like crumbly. And- what, so, about, what about ice cream cake? Oh, um, Baskin Robbins chocolate cake with mint chocolate chip ice cream. And oh, Baskin Robbins does have really good icing. I don't know what they do to it, but it's delicious. Yum. Yes. That sounds that's great. My ice, that's my ice cream cake. That sounds good. <laughs> In case anybody wants to send me one. <laughs> that's that's nice. cake. <laughs> Brian, what about you? What's your like go-to cake? What's your favorite cake? Oh, man. 
kind of like you guys i'm not cake is not my favorite and so i think i also lean toward the carrot cake um the strawberry shortcake probably doesn't count so i love strawberry shortcake but again like i'd put it in the cheesecake category of like it's not really a true cake is it it's more like a i don't know i would argue that it's more cake than like cheesecake is because it's got like the biscuity yeah and you know an angel food cake with some kind of fruity frosting is good. Um, I I think I we're know. we're we're burying the headline here, which is, Shannon. Why doesn't your husband like the word moist? <laughs> like, he we also just, he's going to hate over that. He's, he's going to hate this, and I'm going to say it out loud. He does not like cake. We did not have speaking of wedding cakes, though. We did not have cake at our wedding. Oh, we had apple cobbler at our wedding. Well, to each their own. To each their own. Well, because one, we were, you know, kind of not doing a traditional wedding and we were not doing the traditional wedding cutting thing. Like right. we weren't going to cut a cake and, and neither of us particularly like love cake in that way. And it, we wanted, so the restaurant that we had our wedding at did all seasonal ingredients. And so it was October and apples were still in season and there you go. We had sounds, apple cobbler. Sounds great. Sounds yeah, great. Yeah. It was delicious. We're going to talk about the moist thing after after the show. That'll be in the post. Yeah, a lot of people. That is not just him. Like a oh, lot no. of people. A lot of people don't like it. It's a thing. It is a thing. Really? But why? It I, is okay. a thing. We'll talk it's about the this nails on the chalkboard word for them. They don't like it. That's right. So there's a couple of cakes in, uh, from our Facebook uh, friends. Uh, Janetta says her favorite is chocolate pudding cake. Do mm-hmm. I know what that is? Yeah, but that's... I don't, I bet that's just a really, like, the way that you make. So there are pudding cakes that you, you actually make. You did, you almost just say, did you almost just say moist and change your mind? <laughs> I, did. I saw it coming out. I know. It was weird. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> um, there are cakes that, I mean, I'm, I'm a cooker and a, a cooker. I'm a, like a baker and a, you know, I love to cook. But um, there are cakes that you put pudding in pudding mix into it to make it to make it more moist and that actually sounds pretty good so uh charles his favorite on facebook is the black forest cake do we know what that is so the black forest cake is a chocolate cake with a cherry filling Ooh, that sounds nice um Um, jesse likes spice cake Mm, yeah spice cake's a lot like carrot cake and that, then like is it i hear well, spice like ginger, cake and i think i think me it's you know ginger a lot of ginger molasses you know oh, okay that that's sounding better that um, i'll pretty much eat any cake with frosting on it like good, good frosting. david <laughs> says his favorite kind of cake is the kind i can have and eat too uh, <laughs> which i thought was hilarious <laughs> and uh jennifer uh friend of mine says her favorite cake is those baked for gay weddings so well done well done and jason says all of them yeah so i've made have you like have your kids let me totally randomly off topic but like have your kids had like a super cool birthday cake like that you've yeah we christy christy used to make like these crazy cakes for our kids when they were little you know like be a whole garden theme and gummy worms and dirt yep. and mm-hmm. or a train and you know just see i like 
Aladdin. I like to make my kids, it may just be a sheet cake, but I like to make them something like super. We've had a volcano dinosaur yes. one. I've had a turntable. Maggie had a turntable. I love it. For her, a party one time. We had a rocket cake once when our kids loved Oh, we had cake. a rocket cake. First, yep. year, first birthday rocket cake. Yeah, we went uh, for Joy's first birthday. We went all out from scratch with all good and healthy-ish ingredients and built like this, like Princess Castle cake. Nice. And after all the work, we were like, uh, "It's cupcakes from now on." <laughs> a lot of work for that cake. Last year, I actually was like, "Maggie, we're buying your cake," and she cried, oh, and no. I was like. Baby, I can't. I just can't do it. So I let her go pick out the most ridiculous, like, store-bought cake because I was just like, I I can't do it this year. And, I mean, it's totally – I mean, I don't even – I'll admit it. Like, I don't even make them something from scratch. I make them out of the box, but I decorate it to whatever sure. they want. And that's the exciting – that's the exciting part. I do feel like that's – for kids especially, that's the exciting part of cake is what's on it, not what's right. – in it right there you go i think that's, that's right and i and i think if there's candy like if there's oh you know, bonus, jelly beans right? or gummy worms or whatever even for us even if there's like sprinkles on it it's like yeah. <gasps> this is the best cake I ever think, i think i think that we are the last people who should be talking about cakes and food because we will never get off the topic <laughs> right. I was just gonna we yeah, should we shift? Should we shift we here? all day talking about cake? Is that what well, you're saying? One, Cakes? Of, one of the things that I wanted to say that I think is interesting, and we were talking about this a couple episodes with um Eli on the wedding episode, um, or the marriage episode, was that he was saying we were talking about the topic of like, do you say by the power invested me by the state of or the commonwealth of, right? Right. Um, that he was saying that th- that um, when he does same-sex weddings, they really want that said because it's important to them that 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 is that it is legal, right? Right, right. There is that um, state component of it, and I and I think about that even as I say, like we didn't have a wedding cake because we wanted this very non-traditional wedding, and I think as people talk about this subject, they can sometimes get on the like, it's just a stupid cake. What's the big deal? And that's the big deal, right? Like the big deal is, is that I want to participate in the the cultural aspect that every heterosexual couple gets to participate in. Yes. And I want that too. It's really not about getting the cake from like the best baker in town. Although, you know, that's fine. You can want the cake from the best baker in town. You know. That helps. Sure. But like, it's, it's a matter of, you know, we want to be recognized too. We want to participate in these traditions also. That's right. That's right. And so when this couple went into this Colorado baker uh, bakery and when he realized who the wedding was for, he's like, I'm sorry, we don't serve your kind here. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much to your point, uh, Shannon, in her descent, uh, the notorious RBG, that's Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Um, this, this quote is, I think, sums up the whole thing. Um, when a couple contacts a bakery for wedding cake, the product they're seeking is a cake celebrating their wedding, not a cake celebrating heterosexual weddings or same-sex weddings. Right. And that is the surface. The service, Craig and Mullins, the two individuals involved, were denied. 
and I think uh, and I think part of the issue is we still categorize things by by these uh, the sexual orientation or identification label. This is a gay wedding. This is a you know uh, it, it's as opposed to it's just a wedding, right? Uh, period. And I think right. that's a whole cultural shift that one we haven't all embraced yet. And I think when we all do, we're not going to have issues like this. Yeah. But also, um, the the it 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 goes back. I think to a to a deeper resistance for anyone to question. You know, is this thing that I've always believed in open to change? Uh, are my beliefs open to to being amended or changed? Um, and 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 digging in because because again in in this situation they uh, as far as we can tell from the reporting they didn't ask for anything weird on the cake right right <laughs> right 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 yes. so what what was it like was it last week's passer pour that it was like yeah the yeah. edited out the graduation <laughs> cake right? right like they exactly. weren't they weren't asking for two giant male genitalia at the top, right? Right. Exactly. Exactly. So it, and, and, you know, one can make the argument, I think I'd be more likely to side with someone, a baker who said, you know, you're asking me to, to, to create something like this, that is, you know, whether it's perverse writing or perverse uh, visual effect or something. Right. to, To almost say no, but, but just on the quality, not the quality, but just on this person's um, beliefs around homosexuality. And, and here's the interesting piece of it. After this, he decided the baker just to not do wedding cakes at all. Which, right. So he would not illegal with this. Right. Right. And he says, this has cost me 40% of my business. Wow. And, I well, find that interesting because I'm like, if you're trying to make a killing at your business, like, why wouldn't you expand to a whole new branch of customer base? Because all you've basically done is alienate a customer stream. Right. I mean, right. So I, that's that's the difference. I think that's why this is so surprising because, again, and, and I, I said this to you two, and I'll say it again, like one of the things that I... I was married to a lawyer for many years. And one of the things that I've learned is that there are nuances of the law that like a a decision may be brought down because of a problem in the case, even though it seems clear to, to my average viewer, I, this, this is a discriminatory case. Like he, he's this baker sold wedding cakes. Therefore you have to sell wedding cakes to whomever walks into your store, period. But there are nuances of the law that I am not smart enough to get into, nor do I have that education that other people have looked through. But again, I, I still agree. They, I still think they came down to the wrong decision. But again, law isn't always like there's a very different interpretation of justice in the law than there is right. in social justice. Right. Yeah, and Ogan, we were wrestling with the, we kept reading that it was a narrow decision. And I think narrow referred not to the seven to two numbers, but to, right. they found a very narrow uh, bandwidth yes. in which to rest their case on. And it, I think primarily had to do with how the Colorado commission on civil rights 
reacted so so negatively to the religious views of the baker and they felt like they should have been unbiased toward the religion but still come up with the same decision so it's almost like you made the right decision but you were kind of nasty about it or something you know it was Which weird Which I still don't understand and and I mean I again I don't I don't have the I have the intellectual capacity I don't have the time and energy and law background to understand it right but it just it's a it's a really difficult thing but right i, I mean well, i also this, this yeah bring, sorry go ahead go ahead no i i also um you know for me it brings up a lot of issues of like what religion our religious beliefs right like does to us like what what and a lot of people have asked this like what's the difference between this and kim davis the county clerk from kentucky who refused to give out licenses for same in her case it was the law you you can't work in a you can't work in an office for a a government office and decide you want to supersede the law yeah but in the colorado case it's also the law you cannot discriminate based on sexual orientation gender religion race etc you 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 yes you can't but it doesn't specifically talk about you know baking a cake it becomes then as shannon was saying the the nuance of of the the law itself in the kim davis situation um you know marriage marriage is not something i guess that by legal definition there's a lot of room of interpretation you know when you're married this is what it means legally so therefore you know if if it is now the law of the land that marriage can happen between any two people, then you kind of have to uphold that. Well, and she, I mean, not, she was an officer of the law in the county clerk's office, right? Right. He was an officer of the law. Right. And is sworn to uphold that law. And by refusing to administer these licenses, you are not upholding the law, even if you disagree with it and you are not doing your job. Um, it's it's a very you know we get in i think that that case is more of the the area of um catholic hospitals refusing to um do life-saving surgeries because it would um quote unquote you know be an abortion even if it's a dnc or something like that right because even though it's life-saving our religion says this Right. right, but the law says that you have to treat the patient in front of you and give them the best care. So that's that's more of the Kim Davis situation. For me, this is more of the um, where does you can't discriminate against sexual orientation and you as a proprietor have the right to refuse ter- service. Right. Like that's which one of is is there a law that supersedes the other? And yeah. if so, how, you know. And this quote oh, this we is- have here from the Supreme Court on this decision says the laws and the Constitution can, in some instances, must protect gay persons and gay couples in the exercise of their civil rights. But religious and philosophical objections to gay marriage are protected views. So that's something I hold personally. And they say, in some instances, protected forms of expression. So there are cases in which your religious freedom allows you to express your religious or philosophical objection to gay marriage. The, the sticky part is when you're a, a business that does business to the public, you know, can you discriminate and, and call that your religious freedom? So, 
and so they're they're kind of landing right in the middle of you, yeah, but no, it's like it's really murky. Right. Any any private any private business can can dictate the rules of its service to the customers. You know, you go in restaurants and there's you know no shoes, no shirt, no service, and I know that one can say that's for health code reasons, and you could put that there. But you know, if right. if I'm a person who fanatically washes and cleans my feet and I walk in with some open-toed sandals or, you know, flip-flops, you know, how am I endangering anyone else? So, so I'll, I'll give that, I'll give that point there. But um, this is why I, I, I loved when you read the ruling deeper, they were being clear. We made this decision specifically about this case, yeah. you know, whether you know, agree with the outcome or not, we are not setting a precedent here for, Right. for this in, for this entire conversation now of course you know if you if you read like you know conservative and ultra conservative websites you know they're declaring this has been a victory for they're loving freedom it and yay for the supremes and yada 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 so um but yeah. they're but they're not taken into i guess consideration yeah the overall rule is or law of the land is you can't discriminate so what I think is going to happen is we're going to have a case where it gets worse before it gets better. And now everyone who right. decides they're going to, you know, discriminate or deny service based on the quote unquote religious convictions are, you know, going to be, ta- there are going to be a lot more court cases like this springing up working their way up to Supreme court until a definitive decision is made, just like there was around same sex marriage. And it's going to get really contentious for a while but I think what will eventually happen is we get to the point where we say, yeah, no, your, your religious and philosophical objections are, yes, they're kind of personal, but, but to what extent are we going to create laws based on, on, you know, one's, every random person's personal belief? And the bigger picture is, the bigger picture around this also is, you know, it, when when does when do we call it and say, folks, this is just bad theology? It's bad theology. Sure. When you are saying that two people who are of the same gender cannot be married based on something you read in the Bible, it's just bad theology. So that so, I think is the biggest question that needs to be addressed. Would it be fair to say, like you mentioned, the dress code thing, and a business can say, oh, you know, if you're not wearing the appropriate dress code, but that's kind of an arbitrary discrimination thing, whereas uh, someone's sexual orientation, religion, race, that's like a part of their essential personhood. And you sure. cannot discriminate based on those things in just about hey, dude, any dude. Well, my, my, has... my flip-flops are essential part of my personhood. I knew you I were going to go there. I, I, I knew a, you were going to go I, exactly there. I, I come from a tropical island. The, those are essential to me as anything else. You might have a case. So there was a, there was a comment... Again, Facebook is a dangerous place. Social media can be dangerous, but there was a comment of, so what happens if a um, Muslim-owned business or even a Jewish-owned business or whatever um, said you have to cover your head in order to right. be here, right? Um, and and I guess where that took me was... So we, we are religious. We disagree with this. All three of us do. There's no question about that. What, what my question though is, is that if, if I have a religious or philosophical objection, I like 
So take out gay marriage from that part of the sentence, just for a second. Religious and philosophical objections are protected views and in some instances, protected forms of expression. So, you know, for me as a clergy person, that protects me, even if I disagree with the, the, what they're talking about. Right. And so what, what I, I always have to go, it's, it's the same area of my brain that goes to of why is this in the Bible? Like what any, what point is any of this, right? Or why are they saying this out loud? And I, and I, I was in an ethics class in seminary and we were talking about this and we were, it was a very liberal class. It was a very liberal seminary. And we were, we were, it was before same sex marriage was legal. And we were all like, yes, this is ridiculous. Just do it already, et cetera, et cetera. And, and our professor said, okay, well, would you do a, a, a polyamory wedding? Would you do a wedding for three people who were in love? Would you do, I mean, so he was trying to take us to the point right. of saying, where is your limit? Like where, where is your space? And I was thinking about that too, because to play devil's advocate, you know, if I was a baker and these two people came in to order wedding cake and it was clear that they were white supremacists, am I going to make that cake? Yeah. <laughs> right. And, and short answer is uh, no, I, I am not. <laughs> or, or maybe I, maybe I will, but, but maybe put in some like really intense, strong laxatives in the cake mix. <laughs> Why know? can't you be more inclusive, Ogan? So, well, or it goes back to your discussion of is your business practice to right. sell your goods more important in in your position, right? right? Your position in that moment, or are your religious beliefs more important to say right. that this is wrong? Yeah, and I and I think the bringing up other religion uh, religious views is interesting. And someone at our group last night uh, mentioned. You know, if there's a Jewish baker and someone comes in and and orders uh, a cake with shrimp on it, and they only make things that are kosher and only allow kosher items in their kitchen, like they're just not going to do it, right? And they right. would have grounds to not do it, and we wouldn't really bat an eye, probably. And again, the difference here is they're not doing it for some people and not others, right? right. It's so like we not, offer these cakes within this scope. Right. They're period. saying, "Oh, you're 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 Protestant. I'll make you a shrimp cake." Right. But then a, a a Jewish person walks in and they're like, "I won't do that for you." Right? Because you your religion teaches XYZ, right? Right. And whatever. But you know what you're getting when you go into that bakery. Right. It is a kosher again, like you're you as a business, you're welcome to have practices, right? So Ogan is a business person, you you're welcome in your in your theoretical cake shop. <laughs> you're you're welcome, which by the way should be the name of it. Um, <laughs> you you are welcome to have the practice of like we do not serve hate groups here. We will not make your cake. You know, please right. go somewhere else, right? Um, but then you also can't say we serve all people, no matter what creed, because those two right. things aren't exclusive. Right. So, so, so where's the line then? And, and this is the other thing I was wondering, where's the line? When you cross that line between religious freedom and hateful expression, like where, where's that boundary? Because more and more it's becoming a very thin line. Right. Like, you know, for, for, you know, this, this baker, his religious interpretation of what's in the Bible, you know, his, his theology says that, 
homosexuality is wrong. And I mean, again, we we've made we've we've talked about this in previous episodes. We anyone can can make the argument for where we go with that from a theological standpoint. But then is it is it correct to say that holding that as a theological view equals hate speech or 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 hate view towards people who are gay and where when do we cross that line is, is where i am with that right and and, well, and the answer i can come up with the only answer i can come up with is again it for me for me it's a size thing so if 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 it is if it is okay i i hold the personal view that um not i am saying but this baker he he holds the personal religious view that being gay is against his you know belief for me when you have a belief that starts to discriminate against an entire group of people and that group of people do not fall under a category as a group of people who you know do hateful things themselves so for example you know i give the example of if i own a bakery and white supremacists come in you know that's they clearly belong to a group that is seeking to express discrimination and hate on others so i i i think that's crossed the line now you can't say that you know there there is a moral you can't say people who are gay are morally bankrupt <laughs> you know we got morally bankrupt well, gay people straight people you know queer people and 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 so so for me equating the equating people who are gay with as as saying there's an issue with them because they are gay is different i think than than their 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 group who do bad things and I, and so so for me i don't i don't i don't think one again it's it it becomes a tricky nuance thing and i think as much as i was initially shocked by the supreme court decision the more i read into it the more i could see how they arrived at their decision almost reluctantly it seems Right, but they were clear to specify again. This is just for this specific case. We're not trying to set a a, a precedent here. Right, we're right. not getting rid of discrimination laws. Right, and right. when it comes right. to protecting the rights of people, again, you know how how many of one's religious rights get to be protected if one's religion um, uh, ends up in discriminating against another group of people. And I think there's a lot of factors that go into being, so when people become pro protected classes under the law, so that, and that's what motivates hate crimes, right? right? So there are lots of factors that go into those things and people who are in same-sex relationships are part of, there's a, that's a class of people that is, is um, looked at through uh, a protected you know, from hate crime and, and things like that. Um, because there are people, I am certainly not one of them, but there are people that would consider the Black Lives Matter movement a hate group, right? They hate white people. They hate blah, 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 blah. And, and spreading of the you commit crimes against, like, but again, you're talking about a protected class of people because of a sub-citizenship that we have in our institutional country. And it's very, again, we've lost this sense of nuance, which is, I mean, the, the law really is built on nuance. Like 
it's almost like I can almost read that and feel like the the Supremes are sitting there begging the other side to make their case better or something, right? Like they're like, like give us a reason to say no here. Um, And I'm not saying that prosecutor, the defense or whoever they were at that point, you know, um, weren't doing a a really good job, but. Well, someone posted, you know, somebody, a friend of mine posted the language that the Colorado civil rights commission used. And I don't find it offensive at all. They simply acknowledge that religion has a long and deep, history of discrimination of harming certain people groups and so on in the name of religion right i'm like if that's an insulting view toward religion like i share that view you know well i not only share that view but my denomination has written that same statement yes right like women have only been ordained in our denomination for 60 years right we've split how many times over slavery and women's issues and yeah. And so, come back together, you know. Like, so what I, you know, a sad byproduct of this decision is this, as we noted, this sort of celebration uh, by more conservative Christians that, yay, we can discriminate against people we don't like, and they are, you know, whether the law does it or not, they are certainly with this administration, with this decision, they are going to keep ramping up and anteing up uh, their discrimination, discriminatory practices, and look what just came in the mail. So what just came in the mail, for those of you that are listening, um, is the Wink Wine Club wine that we are bringing to Wild Goose to give away just for you. Sweet. Derek just brought it down because it just just arrived in the mail. Timely. Here we go. Um, So to get back to this theology argument, because because I I want us to talk a little bit more about this in terms of bad theology. I always use the example of interracial marriage. Okay. So again, it wasn't that long ago that interracial marriages were illegal. That's right. Nationally, some states changed laws and it and and it the, the Supreme Court changed the national law about it in the famous, you know, Lovin versus Virginia case you know great movie about it but um but the interestingly enough in the dissent for the decision Mm -hmm. i forget the supreme i forget the justice's name but in his dissent about why seems uh interracial marriage was not a good idea and why he objected to it he quoted the bible because right. in the Bible, they talked about not mixing tribes and races and all that kind of stuff. He was using the Bible as the foundation for saying interracial marriages, not a great thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, you know, fast forward to now, I don't believe anywhere on the Christian spectrum of your belief, you're going to find someone who's going to say, we're going to object to a man and woman being married because they're of different races. So I, oh, think I can you, find those people for you. I, in general, like you can always find somebody, but I mean, generally speaking, generally speaking, I don't know. <laughs> but listen, even in the most evangelical of churches, because I've witnessed it, even most sure. evangelical of churches, you know, if it's, if it's, you know, a white man and an Asian woman, an Asian man and a black woman, no one's going to say, people aren't going to say you guys shouldn't get married because somewhere in the Bible is an obscure verse that talks about races, not mixing. Okay. No, no one's going to say that because because at least as a man and a woman and for some reason culturally in 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 the more evangelical and more right side of the of the christian church 
that takes that takes precedent. So for me, this is a this yeah. is a case of where we are going to evolve to. And it's about being on the right side of history, but on the right side of history as it relates to understanding the Bible. So my issue is, my issue is, is if you're going to find people who are willing to overlook so many other parts of the Bible, mm-hmm. but then say, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to pitch our tent here yeah. on this one because there's the verses about men not lying with other men. But, but they're totally overlooking everything else or have made allowances for like, you know, the other 75, 80% of the Bible, then you're not paying attention to yourself. You're not paying attention to, to, the, to the discrepancies there and, and even, the, even the hypocrisies there. And, and I think that's what frustrates me. It's, and it is one of the main reasons why I left my evangelical upbringing because there were there were too many allowances being made for things and not made for other things right so in my in my lifetime of the Presbyterian church usa right so i i started going to a peace usa church when i was in high school in 1996 they put a a, a rule into their constitution um that said basically that if it, like no premarital sex if if a if a minister or an elder has had premarital sex they they are not allowed to be ordained and oh. it was actually a, a rule against um same sex people because you couldn't be married right so they were trying to police that in this way and and from the moment it got put in we tried to get it out that's what she said but anyway the the point <laughs> is <laughs> Wow. The the point is is that that this was, you know, I was 16 at the time and living in Kentucky where purity cards are being passed around to be signed and et cetera, et cetera. And it and and it didn't get taken out of the constitution until a few years ago. And in fact, like it got taken out of the constitution in our constitution, our church constitution, like uh, two years ago, two years ago around this time. Really? I'm sorry. What is a purity card? I need, I need, I need, a de- um, I need an explanation here. You basically wow. sign in the pledge to. Uh, you a pledge to not have sex until you are married. Yeah. It's a blank wow. white card. That's. <laughs> that's completely pure. So wait, it's completely so, pure. <laughs> so on your marriage night, do you get to burn that card in yes. like a ceremony or what? Oh, happened? see, I still think you, you frame it. Cause you're like, we made it. Isn't this great? Ooh. Do you still have yours? Uh, No. I don't. I did sign one though. Uh, how long did that last? Okay, no, no you don't have wow. to. Uh, <laughs> question. Wrong I, question. Um, Sorry. I, was, I signed I it under false. <laughs> I, I purged. I, I committed oh, perjury. Oh, I, I, I see. The rule was broken even before you signed the card. Right. Ah, gotcha. <laughs> there we go. Out of girl. Go. Yeah. <laughs> so Whatever. we have this great anyway. quote uh, from William James. I don't know that we need to spend much time on it, but I just want to read it because I think it, is, it does relate to our conversation. He says, a great many people think they are thinking, they think they are thinking when they are merely rearranging their prejudices. Nice. And that was over 100 years ago. I, and I, when I read that, I was like, that is absolutely true. And because there are things, and, and kind of where I was getting with my church's stances, and even like, 
I didn't just sign that card out of peer pressure, right? Like there, there was a belief at one time that what I was doing was wrong. And this was the, this was the biblical way. This was the right way. Right. And even if I was messing up this, this was the way that the church wanted and was good and right in religious terms. And so even if I was sinning against it, I believed that it was the good thing to do. Starting now. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Wait, okay, next time, you know, but anyway, (laughs) but there, but there is this, we all change and grow and, and move. And I think that, yes, that is just a, wait a second. I, I believed this to be true, but my experience then says this, or my, I meet, right. We always talk about relationship, like being, being relationship with someone that you um, feel like not necessarily, well, you discriminate against and it changes your view, et cetera, et cetera. Like we always talk about this in terms of, of relationship aspects. And that is a rearranging of what we thought because our experience then tells us differently than, you know, or I actually read the Bible and was like, oh, this isn't like Mary and Joseph lived together before they were married. Like what? Like this is, you know, this is crap. (laughs) <laughs> like who like who thought of this, this mother of even god in the Bible. <laughs> you know what and, was she thinking <laughs> and in some weird way i'm almost in in somewhere is is kind of like a perverse admiration i have for people who in the face of all like logic and common sense hold on to beliefs so strongly and right. and can rationalize and intellectualize ways that that discriminatory beliefs make sense to them. Like or, there's a certain or anti-intellectualize. Well, what? Yeah, right. But but there's a certain level of awe I have for for folks like that because I'm like I'm, for the ability to double down, right? Like exa- the, and triple yeah. down and quadruple right. down. You know, <laughs> it's like I don't have that level of conviction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On yeah. anything, you yeah. know. So so for me, it's like it's like. Wow, but more more power. You're wrong, but more power right. to you objectively for sticking to something so so strongly. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. So I think we may be approaching time for everybody's favorite segment: pass or pour. <laughs> At least my favorite. <laughs> there we There's go. that. So speaking of uh, speaking of um, held convictions that need to be changed, um, um, or or have changed tell me if you want to pass some porn this the miss america pageant oh. ends the swimsuit competition why don't we end the miss america pageant <laughs> i <laughs> okay i could pour I, I mean i could pass on that we, we can pass on that yeah all let's right. pass on that all right all right we'll pass here's on that Jade. all right here's here's one i think that uh we've kind of we've kind of talked about this in, in various times in the past but but it's been in the news recently and you know, God bless this guy for giving ministers a bad name. A televangelist asked followers to buy him a $54 million oh, check. I love this story. I love it. I love it. So we're pouring because she Pour loves it. it out. Pour, Pour it, it out. <laughs> so Jesse Duplantis. Just give me a piece had, of this guy yeah, just for a minute. Because it's been all the news. <laughs> uh, Jesse Duplantis uses regular This Week with Jesse broadcasts to claim that God told him to acquire the Falcon 7X private jet plane. He's the face of Jesse Duplantis Ministries. They've been in business for 40 years. And, and, and here's, here's some fun catchphrases. He said, in fact, you know, I'm just going to read the whole conversation that he yeah. had with God. Oh, according boy. To him. 
Wow. He said, he claimed God told him directly to get the plane. He said, uh, in one of the greatest statements the Lord ever told me, he said, Jesse, you want to come up where I'm at? I don't know what that means. But even Jesse didn't. He says, what do you mean? And God said, before you ask, I'll answer. I want you to believe in me for a Falcon 7X. What? He said, okay, but first thing I think of is how am I going to pay for it? He said, Jesse, I didn't ask you to pay for it. I asked you to believe for it. Wow. So um, according to Mr. Duplantis, his current jet isn't enough because he can't get anywhere nonstop. He's got to make stops along the way to refuel. So he needs a more efficient way of spreading the gospel. And here's, here's, here's the catcher line, which I want you guys to respond to. He says, I really believe that if Jesus was on earth today, he wouldn't be riding a donkey. So um, what do you think Jesus would be riding if he were around today, if it's not a donkey? Wow. Did you say that jet costs 54 54 million with an M with an M million still still that's insane literally insane so any any person who gives one cent to Jesse Duplantis (laughs) I apologize but you are a complete idiot and you're being bamboozled all right we touched a nerve with Brian (laughs) I mean no how can you think this guy needs a 54, anyone needs, let alone a pastor, and, and needs a $54 million. So, I, I so for me, for what? me, for me, I can, the thing that gets me above all things is that this is playing, this will be playing number four for him. Four. Okay. He's already got one. Oh my But word. apparently this one isn't, the one he currently has. Is he's already different. got three. He's already, he's, he's already gone through three planes. You know, and, and let's, I mean, so one, why do you need a plane? Why do you need three planes? Why do you need a fourth? And your explanation is so I can get farther. Well, then sell the other three and get this one, right? You, you got to spread the gospel quicker, man. Well, the other thing that was interesting to me was that, you know, I thought this was a, actually a really interesting point to think about. I haven't thought about it yet. But somebody said on Facebook, like, let's be clear about why he, ne- why he needs to go around is because whatever people he's put out into the world, he doesn't trust to give That's the right gospel. To frame it. That's right? Great. He has to show up to give the right gospel. Wow. And that is like, dude, you know, I mean, we, I was having a conversation not too long ago with one of my um, employees at church and we were talking about the, you know, the, the aspect of how, you know, we, we believe that we're right about certain things, but that, we we both have an evangelical past and we were missing that conviction that you get in the, in the evangelical church that like you are right. Right. Like you, like you are, you just feel that in your whole body and everybody around you confirms that. And that's just such a great feeling and blah, blah, blah. And how then you believe that not only you are right, but that is a, your truth is a universal truth that everybody, everybody should have that experience and believe that that's true. And I look at this guy and I'm like, and I said to him, like, when I start to believe that way, that's when I know my ego has taken over and it is no longer the voice of God. Right. Because, you know, I hold the truth, blah, blah, blah. And when I read this stuff, that is exactly what I think about. Like you have to have a plane so that you can go places and show up and a get paid and, and B you have to be the one because your ego is so big, nobody else can do it for The gospel you. of narcissists. 
<laughs> Thank you. No, all right. Gosh. So, so we let me should play write that advocate. book. <laughs> let me play devil's advocate because no, the much. devil does not need any more help, Ogan. <laughs> <laughs> so again, we got we 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 got the Pope. Pope's got his own plane, and you're thinking, okay, Catholic Church, you know, years and and centuries of stealing people's money. But then let's look at Mother Teresa. You know, who famously, famously, somebody said to her, it costs a lot of money to keep her in poor places because she wasn't flying coach. They were like chartering planes and stuff for her. So, 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 so on face value, why is it wrong for this, this minister to have a private Four planes? <laughs> if you because have to ask that question, I can't help you. <laughs> because there's really. only one of him. <laughs> I really can't. And there's four right. planes. Let's, let's Not to on. mention, oh, wait. does God even have the words Falcon 7X in the divine vocabulary? Really? Right. Exactly. Hey, I God, is, God is all knowledge. So I'm going to say yes to that. If you believe um, God is saying had, those words, I got something else to sell you. You never answered the question, if Jesus was on earth today, he wouldn't be riding a donkey. So what would he be riding? No he wouldn't ride a donkey because that's very impractical. Would he be traveling coach? Would he be traveling first class? Would he not go so, anywhere and let people come to him? Like Friends of mine actually call um, in an airplane the very last row next to the bathroom, the middle seat. They call that the Jesus seat. They're like, <laughs> that's the Jesus seat. If Jesus were on a plane, that's where Jesus would sit. There you I think Jesus were, Take I think one for the team. I think Jesus would teleport. I think, you know, I don't think he would fly it. He would just snap his fingers and appear. Because remember, when you read the Bible, he was in the crowds of people after he'd stirred up some trouble, and suddenly he disappeared from their midst. Are you still taking that literally, Ogan? That doesn't sound like you. It doesn't, I, I think right? Teleported. I think <laughs> Jesus had teleporting abilities. All right, moving on, moving on. <laughs> I think last one. This okay. We got time for one more. I think this might be might be important. It's it's topical to not just the show, but to us individually. The headline is why it's so hard to recover after drinking as you get older. Oh man. I don't Cuz I'm old. This. Um <laughs> Do I want to know the answer to yeah, this question? Yeah, do I want to know? You better pour cuz we probably, we're getting older. So, so now now we have some science. Well, we we all know it gets harder, but now we have some science to back it up, okay? Cuz our li- we've destroyed our livers. <laughs> like <laughs> years of No. Actually, it's beyond, it's beyond liver. So, so yes, the liver is part of it. A recent study found that both the brain and the liver are more sensitive to toxicity of alcohol as you age. But it's also this thing, okay? Get ready for some big words that I can't pronounce correctly. So alcohol is neutralized in a two-step process, okay? It's convert, in the liver. It's converted to acetyl, I don't know. Something, something. Acetaldehyde. Okay, which is responsible for a lot of the negative effects of alcohol, like headaches, flushing, dizziness, and then it's converted to acetic acid. The system works well in younger people, but just like anything else, when you get older, things don't work like they used to. As people begin to get into their 50s, 60s, and 70s, the enzymes that metabolize alcohol don't work as well. There's another factor. The proportion of body fat as you get older is uh, has an effect on how you process alcohol. So alcohol, unlike most drugs, is only distributed to the water parts of the body. So if you have less water to body fat, more of the alcohol reaches 
uh, your liver to be processed. So those of us who, as we get older, gain a little bit of weight. So Brian might be exempt from this because he still looks as skinny as he's ever looked. Um, you know, the rest of us, we are like, I was going to say, my experience is not that I've lost body fat as I've gotten older. <laughs> no, not, not at all. And it's harder to. And also, as my metabolism slows down, it's getting harder to lose it. Exactly. And also medications. As we get older, we tend to take more medications yes. and they negatively react with the ability to process alcohol. So mm. apparently as we get older, we should be drinking less. Next week, on passing, next week on Passing Poor, how people fake their own death and why. Wow. <laughs> wow. So the moral of the story is don't get older. And uh, right. Yeah. So I'm going to go back to Ogan, your previous question, which is, I think Jesus would take a Greyhound bus because it's the best opportunity to talk to people. Ooh, I, think, I think Jesus takes the transportation that is, is so yes, I do think Jesus takes a plane, but it's a commercial airline. It's talking to people in the airport, talking to people on the plane. Like he share Ubers, doesn't single Uber. He like all the, anything that like gets him around the most amount of people to talk to. Yeah. And if this were the seventies or eighties, Jesus would hitchhike just like Michael Landon in highway to heaven. <laughs> Of course. Of course. <laughs> I'm I'm sticking with the I'm sticking with the teleportation theory. Very Which good. is allowable. By yeah. the way, by the way, friends, we this uh, is probably the best time as any to announce our uh, Pub Theology Live fundraiser. Uh, we're hoping to get a jet that will take all three of us to the Wild Goose <laughs> Festival. So if you want to go to our that we were gonna live in during the festival. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm going to drive there, but we're just going to have a jet there for air conditioning while I sleep. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Wow. Oh my God. Well, $54 million, friends. $54 million. That's all we're asking. That's all we're asking. Exactly. Um, I don't know if I have 54 million, I just might not be doing this podcast. I'm just going to put it up. <laughs> <laughs> right, right now. Wow. I'll say what none I'll say what none of us want to say. If I had 54 million, I might not be doing this. Mm. <laughs> wow. So he's in it for the money. I, I wondered. No, I'm in it because there is no money, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm here. If there were money, yeah, nothing else to do. I'd be on the jet plane going to places, not doing the See, podcast. we would need three jet planes. So if, he, if he raises this money and gets it, I think he should donate his three jet planes. He should to donate us. three. Yeah, and we then we can sell a, them for rent money. We should get hashtag Dear Jesse trending on Twitter, and it's people asking Jesse to donate his jets to us. Donate his jets for 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 purposes, mm -hmm. right? For yep. specific, we would we would donate. Let's donate it to Doctors Without Borders, or let's donate. And it how to, could we do pub theology while traveling if we're driving? If we have a jet, we could drink while we're traveling. We exactly. So it's, it's much safer. Fine. You don't come to pop theology. Pop theology comes to you. <laughs> there you go. There we go. There you go. New tagline. But only we can go because only we have the true knowledge. Well, we are the only people <laughs> on the pop theology podcast, so that goes without saying. Oh, wow! We've descent. I dissent. Disdain. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's our episode. Uh, so. 
Is this a question still? (laughs) Wow. So thank you, friends, for tuning in to Pub Theology Live. Uh, Or we're we're sorry you tuned in either way. Still listening. Well done. And of course, (laughs) you can listen anytime on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play Music, or iTunes. Please rate us over there because it's a celebration of the show when you give us stars. Let's just put it that way. Who needs a jet when you could rate us on iTunes? (laughs) Make a large donation or simply rate us on iTunes. You decide. (laughs) You you can watch us on YouTube or on the New Thought channel. If you want to see a cool little excerpt, video excerpt of our show, check out our Facebook page. We shared one there recently. And uh, if you want to find a conversation group uh, in your town, check out the official directory at pubtheology.com. And thank you again to our sponsor, Wink Wine Club. That's Wink with a C. We will find at trywink.com slash ptlive. And until next time, friends, drink responsibly and keep those conversations and donations flowing. <laughs> Woo! Here's to that technology <laughs> jet. So uh, our top our top uh, countries tuning in in the last week include Canada, Norway, India, Sweden, the United Kingdom, and France. What? So thanks to our international listeners. That is really interesting. That's awesome. <laughs>